sins are gone. That's just hard to even conceive. And hard to understand sometimes. All right, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, I began this week planning on teaching, preaching on the idea of context. Um, but that thought became a little bit uh, big, and I feel like that maybe that might be something I start to do on Sunday nights after we get through our series um, of being together. But as I did that, as I was looking like a lot of times uh, in preaching, uh, you'll hear, you know, you know people make comments comments about things being in context. Well, it's a, I don't think we fully understand what that, that means about context. There's a lot of context that we need to be concerned about uh, when reading and, and uh, studying the Word of God. But as I was looking through that, I came across um, a, a website that talked about different types of preaching. And it, it was curious. It was quite a humbling experience because it starts out with 10 things that you should never do as a preacher. And I started looking through those. And I understood what they are, but you probably every preacher looks at them and they can get off a little bit and get into the, some things that they shouldn't get into. Um, but I also noticed there's, there's a lot of fancy words when you start to get into studying preaching. Um, but you find a lot of sermons are either maybe topical or sequential. Now, I tend to be a topical uh, preacher. I just, and for whatever reason, that just resonates with me. Um, there's positive and negatives to both. Now, the thing with topical preaching is it takes a lot of work and a lot of study. Um, it can be overwhelming, and you never really feel like you get through the subject because you've got to go all over the place. When you teach sequentially, or what some people term line by line, verse by verse, as you go down through scriptures, um, in some ways that's easy <laughs> as a preacher because it's all right there. You may have to look up a few things. But... The hard thing about it is you can't skip over some verses that are hard or you struggle with or maybe just don't even understand and just feel inept at, and even find it hard to, to find other commentaries that uh, help put that together. But it forces you to do that, forces you to take the word at its word, and, and, and that's a, a good way of doing it. The, the negative to that is, is you can get so deep like, what I'm going to start to do some sequential teaching here on 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And that could take years you could, you could spend on that. I mean, there's a ton and ton of things in there. So you can really kind of get lost and just kind of jammed into one 
spot. I'm not saying either one's right or wrong. That's all good. If I say if the Lord is leading in it and He's speaking through it, it's, it's going to be it's going to be good. There's also styles of preaching. <laughs> um, and each preacher kind of has his style. You've seen the preacher who will get up and stand on a chair and just go crazy, you know, over the, the audience. And see what I'm, I'm actually able to jump up on a chair still. That's pretty good, I think. Um, but then you have the ones that just sit pretty still and are very, um, what should I say, very educated. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what I find with styles, it's interesting, we don't need to get caught in styles. Because some people like certain styles, like the active style, the running around and really getting into it. Some people hate that. Some people love the, the guy who just expounds everything very methodically and educationally and uses big words, and sometimes that, that works, but other people can't stand that type. The key is, whoever that is, what, however they're doing it, if they're doing it for the Lord, and if you're right with God, you should be able to find something in it. You can't use the excuse of that. Now, most of these preachers who have their styles, which you got to understand, is they have a history to their life. And any preacher is going to come from a reference of their experiences in life. Like that guy who stands up in the chair and yells and runs down the aisles. He might have been a druggy all his life and miraculously saved and he just he's decided in his life and he's decided for all people that we should be excited about God and, and that just comes over but then there's some preachers who was just raised in church or dad was a pastor and everything you know and it, and it comes out in their preaching style and I think that's good every preacher's got to preach who he is. It's like the, uh, in the bulletin today, you know, to stay in your own lane. You know, you don't want to copy other people. You just need to be who you are. And you need to be thankful for that um, as listeners as well. So, I want to do some sequential preaching. I don't know how long it's going to take. It'll probably take a little while, but I'm asking the Lord just to lead me through in the, in the preaching through it. But it's going to be through First Peter and Second Peter, but I think it's going to be good before we even get into those books, before we listen to what Peter has to say to us in the Word of God, the, the words that God allowed to be in our Bible to speak to us. I think we'll have a better appreciation and understanding for what's in First Peter and Second Peter if we understand a little bit more about Peter and his background. Let's pray. Father, as we begin to open your word and we begin to sequentially look through 1st and 2nd Peter, 
Lord, may we first get an impression of who Peter is, where he came from. And Lord, we'll just thank you for it. May you teach us and speak to our hearts today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, this message is going to be somewhat light, informative. Although I may get off as the Lord leads into some preaching some some specific points. But if we start off, we're going to be in the New Testament, obviously, looking at Peter, and mostly through the gospel. So if you want to turn to John chapter 1, verse 35, in John 135, we're going to see Peter as he first meets the Lord. And in John 1, 35, it says, again, in the next day after John stood, and it said, and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, what seek ye? They say unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So he's kind of listed first here in a sense. He said, He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Now Andrew seemed to be first here. But we'll find out later, I'll give you a scripture where when they list the apostles, Peter is named first. And with Peter, he, he specifically, he calls him Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Something about Peter's life and something we need to learn here about our own lives is God has a plan. It's not like who's in line first gets it. Jesus had a plan for Peter, a big plan for Peter. It's not our plan. <laughs> He's got a plan for us. But he calls him Cephas, which is by interpretation of stone. I think this is going to be very important to kind of look at when we look at 1 Peter and 2 Peter when we get to that uh, probably next week. So Matthew 4.11 and we'll be in man, well, we're just going to be jumping through the Gospels here. Matthew 4.11, Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. That's talking about Jesus. Because after uh, Jordan there, he, Jesus was caught away by the Spirit into the wilderness. And it says, angels came and ministered unto him. He went through all the temptations. We're not going to talk about that. But it says here, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison... 
John's cast into prison at this point. He departed into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zabulon and Nephthalim, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zabulon and the land of Nephthalim, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. So we see here that Peter was a fisherman. And they're casting and they're working. I, I believe they've already had experienced the Lord because it kind of makes sense because he says, and he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It says, and they straightway left their nets and followed him. There was such an impression of them upon Jesus that they just dropped everything. When they called him, they just, they just went. They dropped everything. And going on from thence, he saw two Brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them, and immediately they left the ship and their father and followed him. And so we see these, you know, they were uh, partners together in, in fishing, and now they're going to be partners in the ministry. And so we see uh, some relationships here, um, which we're going to see Peter, James, and John are going to be in a very tight inner circle relationship with the Lord. That's interesting. Luke 5, 1, it says, And it came to pass, as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered in to one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. O Lord, we see this relationship building. We're seeing these experiences that Peter has. And I want you to, I want you to understand his life and understand where he is coming from in his life before we get into uh, the books and talk about what he says in First Peter and Second Peter. He says, For he was astonished, and all that were with him in the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Matthew 10, 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Very early on in the ministry, 
they understood the power uh, to, to heal and to cast out demons. And then it says in verse 2, Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. And then it says the first. Simon, who is called Peter. And then it says, and Andrew, his brother. You know, Andrew just kind of falls out of place here. That doesn't make him any less important. Just God has a plan for us. You know, when I think about that, the biggest thing you ought to be convinced of is if God has called me to be the pastor here, that's what you should hang your hat on. <laughs> um, not on me, not on my abilities, but that if God has called me, he will see it through. You know, we talked a little bit about Lot this morning. And you know, the biggest thing with Lot, when all those difficult things came by him, here's the thing he knew. God allowed it. God was in control of it. Okay? There's, there's where our trust is. You see, that's the whole thing out of Lot. When things befalls, when things become difficult... And we know the Lord, when we know He has, and we pray a hedge of protection about ourselves, if something comes in, only God will allow that into our lives. So to have confidence in what God's doing. God called Peter. And when He had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed Him. When He called... Um, it says in Matthew 14, 25, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Now, several of the disciples here experienced this. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if, that, if it be thou, bid me, Come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. He's the only one I know of in the Bible that walked on the water to go to Jesus here. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, Lord, save me. So here's Peter. Here's an experience he has. What a tremendous experience. This is building in his life. We all have a life story. They build with us and it is what we take with us and this is what we give back through our stories. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, where didst thou doubt? You know, there's, I've mentioned this before, sometimes there's things that your dad says to you that you never forget. I believe this is one of those things. Peter had a lot of these. <laughs> this is one of them. He was called, Oh, of little faith, where did thou doubt? What a question. The Lord was working on Peter. Matthew 16, 13, When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that, that I, the Son of Man, am? And they... The other disciples said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? 
And of course, here's Peter. We're seeing the kind of person Peter is. He's stepping up and he says, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. God revealed that in his heart and it just came through him and out him. If you're saved, you'll understand how God does that through the Spirit of God and how He works through that. And He says, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, I don't, if I'm Peter, I don't know how I take all that that was just said there. I'm sure it was not understood, but it was planted. It says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Here in one instance, Jesus is, is commending him because God the Spirit worked through him to say that he was the Son of God. And then through his flesh, he's rebuked of Jesus and saying, basically, Satan's speaking through him like that. Again, just think of these life things that we see that's happened to Peter. I mean... I imagine Peter, he was just up and down. Um, hard to understand some things. Matthew 17.1 And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light, and behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Of course, Peter's speaking up. He's always trying to do something, fix something. He's got the idea. If thou wilt, let us make us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and the one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear he him. And that's kind of an interesting thought. It says, as he was yet speaking, it was almost like he was ignored, because this is what's to take place. And Peter, this is what this is about. You know, almost just talking over the top of him. So when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise. And be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. What an experience that was in Peter's life. Matthew 17, 24. 
an interesting thing happens to Peter here. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? And it's interesting that Peter just comes out and makes a statement before asking here. <laughs> he said, yes. And when he was coming to the house, okay, now he's facing Jesus. He already answered the question for Jesus. Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. Then he says this to him, Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast an hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. Very interesting. What an interesting experience. Think of all these things that are happening in Peter's life and and the Lord speaking to him. I'm sure he's just not catching everything, but he's storing these things. He's seeing, you know, can you imagine catching a fish after it's been told that there's going to be a coin in its mouth and there's a coin in there? It's unimaginable, isn't it? Matthew 18, 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord... How oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? I think Peter had some thoughts about forgiveness here and trying to find some limits. Because <laughs> he was struggling probably with somebody. Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which should take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and his children, all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, <laughs> saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Now that tells me that prison's a little different than prison today. It looked like you worked and you made something and you paid back your debts while you were in prison. So when his fellow servants saw that, saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told under their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Should not, shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant? even as I had pity on thee. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother and their trespasses. Now what a saying was that? What is that a saying to us? 
Matthew 19.16 And behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? It's <laughs> kind of an interesting dialogue here. Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? <laughs> I believe this man was probably a very religious man. He had all his sacrifices and things for all the things he's done. It wasn't that he didn't sin. He was just caught up and uh, he, he, he gave the sacrifices for his sins. But then Jesus says unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And, and here, you know, Brother Reader was, was talking about that. And uh, salvation is like is submission. He wanted to do all these things, but Jesus asked him to submit to what I tell you as my king and as my Lord. And that's where whoop, it cut off there. It says, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men it is, this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Here's Peter. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? That doesn't sound like a good question to me. <laughs> Jesus is very kind. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory. Now he's speaking about something they're not going to fully understand here. Ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Of course, they're probably maybe thinking that he's going to set up the kingdom there, and maybe this is going to happen real quick. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my namesake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Jesus is pouring a lot into Peter. He's given him a lot to think about. Matthew 26, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives and said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd 
and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I'm risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Jesus speaking all truth here. Things they would not understand till later. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee that this night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. We pick on Peter here a lot, but the other disciples said so too. Verse 36, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, he particularly goes to Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again. Their eyes were heavy, and he left them and went went away again and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. You think about it. Here's his disciples. Did you ever ask the question, how did they know? How is it listed what Jesus prayed here if they were all asleep and never heard? The Word of God. God knows how to get the Word of God out. He told them. He had to tell somebody what that was and how it was, was written. And then we see here, And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came with him, a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now that he, he that betrayed him gave him a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same is he. Hold him fast. And forthwith, forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Now we know who this is because his buddy John recorded it. The Gospel of John 18 verse 10, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into thy sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Then the band and captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first. And it goes, goes on through here. And we see where... Peter 
denies the Lord thrice. So Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. Luke twenty-two sixty-one, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Put yourself in Peter's place. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And then we're going to get to the resurrection of Christ. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. They said among themselves, Who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? When they looked, they saw the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were frightened. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter. Peter was, seems to be somewhat separated from the disciples through all this. Very downtrodden. Remember the Lord said, the devil will want to sift you as wheat. But the Lord wasn't going to allow that to happen. First day of the week in John 20, verse 1, cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulchre. So they both ran together. So they ran both together. And the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, boom, following him and went into the sepulchre and see, seeth the linen clothes lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulchre. And he saw and believed. It says, For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. They were told that, but they didn't have the understanding. There was a lot of planting of seeds in Peter's life. There's a lot of planting of seeds in our life that later we'll understand where it will be revealed to us. Then the disciples went away again into their own home. Concerning Peter in Luke 24, 12, it said, Then arose Peter and ran to the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. He just he didn't understand. I'm going to stop here soon. But I want to read Luke 24, Verse 30, And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. This is the two going to Emmaus. This is the end of it, where finally they 
realized who it was, and then Jesus disappears out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while we talked, when he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, the Lord is risen indeed. And listen to what is said here. And hath appeared to Simon. There's not said a lot about this, but it would seem in Peter's life that Jesus had a little one-on-one with Peter after his resurrection. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in the breaking of bread. And I'm going to stop there and we'll finish up with the rest of Peter's life going up to what he wrote in 1 Peter and 2 Peter so we can understand. But the whole point of today's message is to, is to build that framework of who, who Peter was. What did he go through? What were the things in his life? Because that's going to come out in his preaching. Peter was a great preacher. He's a great preacher because of what God called him to do. He's already called to do. And the experiences in his life. So hopefully we'll gain from this. Next week we'll finish up uh, the, the rest of his life and we'll begin to get into First Peter. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time we have, Lord, as we're looking at Peter. We're, we're going very slow. We're not making a three-point message this morning. We're looking at Peter. We're looking at Jesus. We're looking at his life so that we may understand his writings better. So, Father, help us all have patience as we go through this and as we see what you want to teach us through these messages. Though no one join me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. There was no turning back. When you've given, fully given or submitted your life to Him, to Jesus Christ, you don't get it back. Praise God. We couldn't handle it. He takes our life and does what He will. He gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us into His will. He chastens us when, we're, when we get off to bring us so that He may bring us into the image of Himself through our life. Thanks. Thank you, everybody, for listening through this life of Peter. It's intriguing just to kind of just focus in on his life. Try to understand, put yourself in his position, see what God is doing, and understand his life. And uh, hopefully that will bring some greater meaning to us when we go through First Peter and Second Peter.
Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word. We ask your blessings on the food we're about to receive. And also we pray uh, that you be magnified and glorified at close to home. And uh, may we listen to your spirit and be guided by it as we minister there. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed.